the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The answer. This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by The Floor King and KeepingMedicareSimple.com. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. This is Always Right Radio with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. Tell you what, there was a lot of good content from Senator Jerry Serino this morning. Terrific conversation. We also spoke, if you missed us, in the first hour with... uh, Jason D. Hill, professor at DePaul University, asking the big question, is Israel prepared to do what needs to be done here? Will they uh, risk, of course, alienating even further the international community that despises them, as well as putting themselves in danger from the Arab countries that surround them by doing what needs to be done to protect their citizens? Uh, God willing, they do. God willing, they do exactly that. And by the way, we're going to continue to talk about why it is that none of the Arab nations surrounding Israel are willing to take Palestinian refugees from Gaza. Why is that? What could it be? Why does Jordan not want uh, uh, Palestinians coming in? Why does Egypt not want Palestinians? Why does Syria not want the Palestinians? And yet we are supposed to take the Palestinians. What, are you kidding me? That's one of the issues that we have to deal with here. Will Israel do what it needs to do to protect itself? Will the United States do what it needs to do to protect itself? That might involve something like, I don't know, sealing the border and perhaps a moratorium on any asylum seekers coming to the United States in any way, shape, or form. Because right now we are sitting ducks and our leaders do not care. That last part I stole from the headline of an article on townhall.com by senior columnist and our friend Colonel Kurt Schlichter, who joins us now with more analysis on AM 1420, The Answer. Colonel Kurt, good to talk to you again, my friend. How are you? Hey, good to be here. So, you know, this is... um, I want to veer to the presidential politics part of this for just a moment. Um, Nikki Haley has expressed uh, a willingness and, in fact, has endorsed 
um, a policy of taking up to one million Gaza refugees and providing them uh, with refuge here in the United States. Governor Ron DeSantis, also a presidential candidate, has uh, joined Donald Trump in saying absolutely no Gaza refugees in the United States. And the reason why? Nikki Haley, strangely enough, confirmed. Colonel Kirchie said in an interview with Jake Tapper that they don't want uh, the uh, Arab nations around uh, in the Middle East don't want Palestinians coming because they don't want Hamas in the neighborhood. Yet she wants Hamas in the neighborhood. What kind of bizarre, uh, bizarre world are we in? Well, she's in the world of 2004. Uh, she, she's at the cutting edge of the uh, Republican Party of 20 years ago. And, uh, you know, as soon as she got caught on it, suddenly she starts tap dancing. I, I, like, I've been tired of Nikki Haley's act for a long time. The, the cringy girl power um, uh, Jeb Bush in a skirt vibe is just too much for me. Uh, she's going nowhere in the uh, uh, in, in the nomination race. She's treading water in a sea of uh, failure. And uh, this is But she is rising why. though. The reason the reason it matters no, 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 Colonel she's not. She 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 went from nothing to a little like nothing. Uh, she she's like fourth. Look, this is a race. I might be wrong, Colonel, but I, I, I'm calling you Colonel now. <laughs> uh, Colonel Kurt, I might be wrong, but I thought that New Hampshire, she had passed DeSantis. Did she not? Well, we'll see. Okay. Uh, you know, in New Hampshire. Um, look, she's, she's, she's a relic. She's a dinosaur. She's obsolete. And the same kind of uh, soft, uh, corporate-pleasing republicanism just isn't going to go anywhere. Uh, the fact is, to the extent this is uh, uh, anyone's paying attention to the race right now, because there's so many other things going on. Obviously, Donald Trump has a huge lead. Uh, Ron DeSantis remains the really the only viable opposition. And in fact, I, I look, I, I prefer DeSantis because I think Donald Trump will have a great deal of difficulty winning in November, though if he won, I'd will now absolutely support him if the GOP decides to pick him. But, you know, all these, this is a time of frivolity. This is a time of frivolous people, Bob. Uh, Everyone from Matt Gates to the nitwits uh, uh, of the moderate wing, quote unquote, who won't vote for Jim Jordan as a speaker, from the Democrats who uh, uh, join in in of the speaker during this emergency to the alleged president it's this is one of the most dangerous times we faced in the last century and it seems like many of the people in senior positions are jokes and children yeah, they they are, and I cannot trust anybody in that regime, in the Biden regime, to do what is right by the safety of the homeland and also, of course, with our allies there. Um, Colonel Kurt, um, you, you spoke in your article, you wrote in your article about a conversation you had with Robert O'Brien, the uh, Trump uh, national security advisor, yeah. about the dangers here in the homeland from the military-age males. What did he tell you? Well, look, Robert O'Brien is probably the most respected member of the Trump administration. Donald Trump, uh, again, a guy I like. He also hired a lot of idiots and clowns and guys who'd be clowning themselves like General Milley and uh, a bunch of others. Robert O'Brien is a guy who's universally respected. Republicans respect him. Democrats respect him because he's a serious and smart guy. Uh, 
And, Bob, he's worried. He's worried because we're allowing thousands of military-age males into the country. And, you know, I, I think we've seen that Hamas, Hezbollah, ISIS, Iran, it, they're, they're really all essentially the same thing, even though they believe they're different or not. These people are not idiots. They are cunning. Okay? They are clever. And, you know, Trump was right to describe them as smart because they are. It doesn't make any sense to me to uh, somehow downplay your enemy. Uh, this is an enemy that managed to trick the Israelis and get the drop on them temporarily. Why wouldn't they do that here? If I was evil as a military leader, well, first of all, if I was evil as a military leader, I'd have taken Taiwan from the Chinese would take it I want, but uh, I would uh, uh, I would do exactly this. I, I, I'd flood America with sleeper cells, and I would await a time uh, to use them for maximum violence to leverage the cowardice and weakness of America's ruling class to get what I wanted through acts of massive terror. Twenty years ago, that didn't work. They tried it on nine uh, eleven and. Mm-hmm. While there were problems with our response, we fought them for 20 years and killed tons of them, uh, which they didn't count on. I don't know if we've got that kind of courage now. I don't know if we have that courage or that capability now either. That's another question well, that's about the state too. of our military. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's a disaster. This... Uh, look, it, our military cannot fight and win the wars it needs to win. Because, it, uh, like I, I keep saying, it is an essentially unserious institution. You know, I was talking to Seb Gorka, a friend of mine. He, he, he is also associated with war colleges, where you go to train generals. See, my dogs are now howling. It's a mere mention of Millie. Um, the, we, we, we have both experienced having, you know, senior colonels get together to discuss the major uh, threat, strategic threat facing the United States, and about half the time, what they will come up with is the weather climate change. It, that, this is an essential... You know, to cater to the weird obsessions of Chardonnay-soaked liberal suburban wine women, which is what what climate change is. Climate change is a hoax uh, designed to deprive people of power and freedom while also filling the void that religion used to fill. It, it, to, to imagine that is America's greatest strategic threat and have people leading our soldiers repeat that. It's disastrous. It shows a complete intellectual and moral bankruptcy on the part of our military. I'd like to know why you're glossing over, Colonel Kurt, the extraordinary threat of white nationalists and white supremacists, white uh, white American males, because they're right well, up they, there, they, aren't they, with uh, with climate change? You're, 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 you're denying that? Well, they've sure done a great job on on that front because uh, essentially white males uh, were the backbone of America's combat powers. You know, rural and suburban guys. When I was in the military, you know, my my mom was I guess became a judge, and my dad was uh, an engineer. Uh, I was the richest guy I knew. Okay, I was also driving a Chevrolet Beretta. Okay, but I was the richest guy I knew in the military. All right, it is it is made up of a, a largely working and middle class uh, guys, many of them white, 
uh, although, uh, although uh, uh, you know, uh, great numbers of uh, uh, black and Hispanic and other uh, great Americans uh, step up to defend their country, too. But by alienating that group, which they have done, they're now in a recruiting crisis. And who, 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 who do they expect to... Who do they expect to fill the ranks? I mean, it, it, when, when you, it, they've gotten to the point, Bob, where veterans will not will actively recommend against joining the military. Seventy percent of military people join as legacies. Dad was in the military. Uncle Joe was in the uh, military. Grandpa was in the military, and and now they want to too. And now you know, Dad your uncle, your grandpa are saying, don't join. They hate you. They hate you. And they'll tell you they don't. We've got too many, we have too many white fighter pilots. You know, I don't give a damn if every fighter pilot is a uh, lesbian Hindu of color. If they're the best fighter pilots. Well, since when did Merritt uh, get into this conversation? In well, the modern military, yeah, I know. In the well, modern military, Merritt has no business in this conversation any more than it does in corporate America or, or in uh, in uh, incoming freshman classes of colleges, for crying out loud. Well, that's true, too. Matter. Yeah. Welcome all, all to my those. article on Thursday. I'm <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to it. We might have to have you back on to talk about that. But, but sticking with this one for now, so... <clears throat> With respect to uh, Biden over there now probably telling Bibi Netanyahu to go proportional, make sure your your response is proportional. Go do what you got to do because we got to you, know, you got a right to defend yourself. But well, this is the cry. As a matter of fact, the cry from the Hamas caucus, the the Hamas caucus in Congress actually promo- proposed a resolution or put forth a resolution uh, demanding that President Biden negotiate a ceasefire so that nobody is firing at anybody anymore. Let the Israelis well, I, bleed. Look, I, 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 I support a ceasefire as soon as all the Hamas guys are dead. But proportionality, uh, I, I can wear my lawyer hat or I can wear my soldier hat for it. Proportionality does not mean even. Proportionality means that there's an enemy uh, uh, unit within a, uh, uh, a town. You don't necessarily level the town, but you level the enemy unit, and, yeah, you're going to kill all the civilians around them. Not disproportionately. That, that's what it means. But, you know, I don't care anymore about what they think or what they say, because as we saw yesterday with this nonsense about the uh, hospital, they, they'll just lie. We cannot allow ourselves to empower our enemies by leveraging our morality with lies. So ignore them. Here's the mission. Kill all the Hamas guys. Anyone that wants to surrender, you kill. Hide in a school. Hit the school. Hide in the hospital. Hit the hospital. That's that. This is in accord with the law of war. And this crap about, uh, or you can't cut off their food and water. What do you think a siege is? When did sieges stop being sieges? A siege is you cut off an enemy city, and you cut off their food, and you cut off their water, and then they surrender. You don't like it. Give up your hostages, walk out with your hands off. You know, we, we, war, you know, the cliche is war is hell. Yeah. Maybe you should have thought of that before you went out and before you engaged in it. Yeah. 
Exactly. Before you started a war, you might want to think about what it's like to be on the receiving end of war and for your people as well. But obviously, it's not just that they don't care about them. I was talking to my last guest. They're actively sacrificing them. That's what they do when they put these, uh, uh, you know, put their munitions yeah. in hospitals and schools. And then, uh, and then, oh, my gosh, you you fired and killed, uh, you know, people in a hospital or a school. Uh, it's what their intent is. Kurt, I want to I want to pivot to back to the homeland here because that's what your your article is about. <clears throat> I want to ask you if you agree with Vivek Ramaswamy's tweet. As president, I will implement an asylum and refugee moratorium until our borders are fully secured and our asylum laws are updated, period. That means no refugees from Gaza or elsewhere. Gaza refugees intercepted at the border should be immediately screened for links to Hamas. If yes, they should be extradited to Israel for justice. If no, they should be returned to the last safe country they transited. This need not be complicated. What do you think? Well, uh, I mean, we should have been doing that years ago. I mean, that's just... You know, it's not like that's uh, plowing new ground here. That, that that's common sense. That what what should be done. Of course, you know the Nikki Haley's of the world won't do it. Uh, the Democrats actively want these scumbags in the country. You got to understand that the you know Republicans are in terminal. So are the Democrats because you have half the Democrats who actively cheer on these uh, semi-human barbarians. Uh, remember when they talk about decolonializing? That means killing the colonialists. And guess what you and your listeners in the are? Yeah. And you got half the Democrat Party who's actively for that. And you have another part of the Democrat Party going, wait, what? Wait, what? And uh, so, so you know, both, both American parties are being shaken up. Uh, unfortunately, a Democrat Party uh, isn't going to be able to get the stones to do and what it has to do uh, to seal the border. Because, of course, they, they think, you know, importing the third world is helpful to them. They're going, what they're going to find is it's a little Rwanda. Um, well said. Uh, they, they will. Um, and, and last one for you, Colonel Kirk. Tom Cotton said a couple of days ago that not only should we seal the border and not only should we uh, get rid of anybody, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, that has ties to Hamas or ties to any of these uh, uh, terrorist groups and so forth. Uh, what Cotton said is we need to actually take anybody who is here legally on a visa that is fr- that has shown any public support for Palestine or Palestinian causes or Hamas or anything of that nature. We need to deport these individuals, take their visas from them, and deport them. Uh, well, should we go that far? Would have if I was uh, uh, Biden. Of course, I can't be Biden because I'm not a desiccated old corrupt pervert who's senile. <laughs> Uh, I would uh, I would have pulled the visas of every Palestinian and said you have 48 hours to get out. If you don't get out, we're going to throw you out, and you're never coming back if you overstay your visa. So get on a plane, get the hell out of our country. Uh, of course, we ought to do that. Now, some people might go, well, you know, freedom of speech. I'm like, wait a minute. I would have bought that argument maybe 10 years ago. I would buy it. That'd be great. Those were the rules. You know, let you know people can come. Even foreigners can come here and say what they want. But you know what, Bob? The left changed the rules about hate speech. And I think supporting people who butcher babies and women and rape women and children, uh, that counts as hate speech. The, the, the left changed the rules. So I'm simply saying we, we just need to apply the new rules, much like you would apply a suppository, a very big and pointy one. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's... 
it shouldn't it shouldn't even be a discussion to say that people who are here publicly expressing support for Hamas and Palestinians uh, should be booted. And and just we'll go back to uh, go back to the obvious. The last time the Jewish people were attacked in such horrific and, 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 and unthinkable ways, it was by the Nazis. Can you imagine pro-Nazi groups being allowed to operate on college campuses, hold these rallies and protests and so forth, and not be, you know, removed from the country? Because that's what this is. If you're if you're pro if you're pro Hamas, it, it's essentially the same as being pro Nazi in nineteen from nineteen thirty nine to nineteen forty five. Well, look uh, again. These are the new rules. Is some of these little mutants are finding now. My, my favorite thing is like the Harvard people, and they're, they're get, they've got their $215,000 corporate law job, and they're very excited, and they sign on to the, hey, Hamas is great, you know, kill more ravers. And suddenly their law, off, uh, law firm offers are getting pulled. And it's just, it's, it's just hilarious to me. Uh, who wants cancel culture? Yeah. Okay. And I thought you were for that. Yeah. Look, we have uh, look. Uh, freedom isn't a suicide pact. I'm completely indifferent to the uh, cries of injustice by these little psychopaths. And uh, the more they suffer, the better. It's an important lesson. Uh, America is suffering a giant uh, crisis of moral illiteracy. Uh, time to teach them. Very well said. Colonel Kurt Schlichter, senior columnist at townhall.com, regular guest uh, fill-in host uh, on Salem Media as well. Kurt, it's a pleasure. Thank you for doing what you do, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, thanks for having me. You got it. 1127, we'll take a time out. Got one segment to go. You can use it if you wish. I've got a lot of information to share with you still if you choose not to. Jim Jordan is going to be up again for the second vote very, very soon today. We'll talk about that if you want to. Stay here on Always Right Radio. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.